You're listening to Circle of Hope Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 1125 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. We've been exploring what's so special about Jesus this season. This is what our leaders were asking when we were planning together. Um, they wanted they wanted to explore like what's distinctive about Jesus? What makes Jesus different from any other gods that we could follow or celebrate um, or worship? And I think before we get too stuck up in our heads about this question. I think the gods that people worship are way more likely to be ourselves, or our financial security, our children, our appetites, our image, more than actual religious figures like Buddha, or Krishna, or Muhammad, or whatever. And in fact, I think it's only by relating to the living God through Jesus that we can get saved from those illusions of what we might worship. At any rate, I think a big thing that makes Jesus different from these other gods is that Jesus calls people to forgiveness and empowers them to do so. He's really into forgiveness. And uh, he demonstrates this power to do the impossible. Because I think that forgiveness is really hard, like Joe was saying. I think forgiveness is divine, and I and so I often put it like in the impossible category. For example, I am closely connected to a family um, that has an uncle, an uncle who sexually molested a nephew for years, repeatedly. And when it came out, this uncle went to jail for a while, and. Um, the nephew went into counseling because he was really messed up. He was a teenager and he was acting out in all these self-destructive ways. Um, there was a lot of anger and sorrow over this trust that had been broken, especially like by the parents of this kid. And it was it was uh, terrible that this kid had been adopted into the family only to be like further abused. And when the uncle got out of jail, the rest of the uncles got together with this guy and they um, saw that he was sorry and that he wanted to change. And they decided to forgive him, even though they wanted to like beat him up. And so they did. They welcomed him back into the family. They, they took, like, like, not blindly, they took measure, like, how he related to people was different, but like, they let him know, like, he could come to, family functions and he was welcome at the table again. The moral of that story is not that we need to forgive in any particular way. I'm not trying to give a lesson here. The point I want to make is that that kind of forgiveness is uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable even telling that story because it might seem downright unwise to forgive like that. Like I work with sex offenders and I know the really high rate of recidivism and, and I've spent much more time with friends who have been vic- victims of sexual abuse and I know uh, the struggle to see themselves as whole people again. It's a, it's a wound that um, 
progress can be made, but the wound is deep. So that kind of forgiveness is really uncomfortable. It's really hard. And I think that Jesus, from, from what I am discovering about Jesus, Jesus knows that forgiveness is really hard, too. And so I think he took it upon himself to do the work for us. There's this story in the Gospels of where some friends bring their paralyzed friends to see Jesus. But they can't get to Jesus because of this crowd that is around Jesus. And so they lower him in through the roof. They cut a hole in the roof. That's how determined they are for their friends to be healed. And Jesus says the deepest and strangest thing to him as he's laying there on the mat, like obviously physically paralyzed, of all things that Jesus could say to him, he says, your sins are forgiven. Now, I think us modern people um, who are taught to separate the mind and the body and the spirit and all kinds of different compartments might say, like, what in the world, Jesus, you know, this guy might not even care about his sins. He just wants to walk, you know, heal his legs already. But the Pharisees here, the religious leaders in this story, they kind of get the gravity of this moment. Because Jesus is revealing himself here as God. Only God can forgive sins. This was a time and culture um, where if somebody wanted to be forgiven, their blood had to be shed. You know, people had to go to the a temple with a live animal and blood had, they had to die. Blood had to be shed to even have any kind of hope of being forgiven by God. And so here was Jesus just saying it, like, whatever. Who did he think he was, I think was the question that they were asking. Now, I don't know if there's some relationship between this man's physical condition and his, and his spiritual one in this case. We often don't know those things. The main point, I think, is that Jesus heals his physical body to reveal that he has the power to do the harder, bigger, more impossible thing of forgiveness. He does this visible thing to show that he can and he is doing the invisible work of healing and reconciliation that we need even more. I think Jesus does the impossible here, namely forgiveness. Now, many of us have experienced trauma and um, have had these dramatic moments of like being forgiven and actually forgiving somebody else. But I think the real challenge for all of us is in these everyday opportunities that we have to forgive. We all have these everyday opportunities to forgive, right? Many of us are in, here's some of my favorite memes about this. Many of us are in service jobs um, where our dignity can be offended at any moment of the day. Like if you're a teacher, you have kids like mocking and ignoring you. If you're a stay-at-home parent, you might have toddlers screaming at you. If you work in insurance or sales, you might have people hanging up on you. Um, if you're in retail or the restaurant business, you're cleaning up after people all day long. Um, 
if you work in the entertainment business, you are probably getting rejected by people who are less talented than you. And even if you're a doctor or something like high status like that, you are getting questioned by people who mistrust the system and automatically like put you in that other category. Like Annie was telling me this week about her experience at uh, Cooper Hospital. So the opportunities to forgive every day are numerous, I think, for all of us. But they probably come most frequently and painfully through the people who know us the best, right? Anyone who is married knows about the opportunities to forgive, whether they take them or not. I mean, I have a great husband, so I don't know about this, but I'm sure he has the great challenge of forgiving me every day. Marriage or any covenant relationship, like the covenant relationships that many of us are making here, is like this fabulous little container for forgiveness. That's what makes our gravity so real, I think, as a circle of hope, that we're actually trying to love each other like that, like, like close enough to be offended or hurt by each other, where we actually have the opportunity to forgive and be committed to working that out mutually, not just like ignoring the problem. And I think that's very unlike the norm in relationships that I see, um, where fear and self-preservation kind of rules the day, and people just bounce off, to, off from each other into their own like lonely paths. Instead, as a circle of hope, we're trying to walk the same path, this path where Jesus walked, where we're not just dependent on our own reserves to love and forgive each other. Because I don't think anybody really has that much capital. We need God to forgive. One of my favorite shows is The Good Wife. I always catch up on shows like years after they actually come out. But I think this is a good one. Um, the main character is this lawyer and of noble character. And she stays with her husband after these multiple affairs. And uh, she kind of like pours herself into her job and her kids. I'm not sure her character actually forgives her husband, is what I would say. She more like survives in the show. And I think this is the easier way of dealing with all of our resentments and offenses, is like we just try to keep moving, focus on the positive, do your own thing. I think forgiveness is different from that. It's different from positive thinking. This is how Jesus is different. Forgiveness leans in towards the offender. Not blindly, but knowingly covers the distance. I think it, it gets closer to the pain from what I can see from Jesus. It is like Jesus on the cross, like praying for the people who are torturing him, saying, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. And I think this is why one of our circle of hope proverbs says that forgiveness is the root of our love. I like that because it's not, it's, it doesn't say like, forgiveness is the expression of our love by the people who are really righteous and good at it. 
it says, no, forgiveness is the root, it's the foundation of everything. Without God's determination to forgive us, I don't think we could even attempt to really love and forgive each other. My Buddhist friends would tell me, just detach and let go. That's the answer. Um, give, it, give it to God, even. That, that phrase cracks me up, too, because um, this is a tangent, but like, I don't think, I think, I think my prayer is more to God is more like, carry this burden with me, because I can't really get out of it. How could I do that on my own? But my Buddhist friends might say, detach and let go, that's how you're going to achieve your sin. I think I see Jesus saying, if you suffer, or when you suffer, because that's how life is, I'll be with you. If you have to go through the fire, go through it, not around it, because I'm with you. And you'll probably even be more transformed into my image. So just surviving our offenses or trying to focus on the positive might be a missed opportunity to actually be transformed. And I like that we have this whole season coming up. Um, starting next Wednesday on Ash Wednesday, we have this whole season called Lent, where we get, we get an opportunity to kind of go to our own wilderness areas with Jesus. We take the 40 days before Easter to go on this journey where we might like face some of that resentment or offendedness in ourselves and uh, have the opportunity to work with it, with God. I think when we consciously forgive, something miraculous is unleashed in the world. It's kind of cosmic and eternal. Um, there's like, there's multiple levels. Like, it, it, un it unleashes the other person. Like Joe was saying, you could see this, like, happiness in these two guys who forgave each other. So it, it, it does something for the other person. It helps the relationship. It, 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 it frees us. Um, but, it, but it really, like, unlocks something cosmic in the world. And I think this is why the fourth step in Alcoholics Anonymous is so powerful. It, it unlocks the power of God. It's a game changer. I want to leave you with what Jesus said to his disciples when he reappeared to them in his resurrected body. He said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Like, Jesus is giving us so much authority and power here. Do you see that? God actually shares his power to forgive with us. So this whole time I've been trying to illustrate that forgiveness is really hard, if not impossible, it's divine. But right here we have some evidence that God actually shares this power with us. We're not alone in any effort to forgive. We have this power beyond ourselves through Jesus. And I think we're going to need it, maybe more in the days to come. I'm not a prophet, but we may confront more hatred and ignorance than we have in the past. 
And we may need to call it what it is and to resist it actively. But how are we going to respond personally to individual offenders? I think we'll need the power of the Spirit to discern. We'll need the love of Jesus to overwhelm our bias. I keep thinking about those friends who brought this paralyzed man to Jesus. They were so determined. They loved their friends so much that they weren't going to give up until they got him to the healer. And so I think they, the friends, are like a big, they're really the heroes of the story. I think they made a way for his forgiveness. I think Jesus is saying that we have that same power in each other's lives to make a way for one another's forgiveness. We really can call it out by not giving up on each other, by consciously forgiving one another with the help of God. We really do lead one another to the healer. Let me pause right there and pray for us, and then we, we have some time to talk back. Jesus, thank you for your example, and not just your example, but your presence with us to heal, to remind us that we can forgive ourselves because you forgive us. That we are ultimately loved and valued more than we even know. So I pray that you keep giving us that awareness of who you are, who we are in you, so that we can share that with one another. Amen. So what do you think? I have a story about forgiveness. Eliza could talk to us about restorative justice. She's a lawyer in that. Maybe you want to challenge or ask a question, Chris? What about when you, it's not necessarily, I can forgive somebody, right? And forgive actions or forgive past, but there's two parties there. There's, I can accept the forgiveness that I'm asking for, but it doesn't necessarily mean the other one does. You know, there's two parties in a relationship, so how to deal with that? Am I getting Yeah, yeah, Chris, that's the really hard part. That's, that's the really, we were talking about this at the five o'clock meeting because uh, most of the people that we might be called to forgive are never gonna acknowledge how they've offended us. And Jesus keeps doing this thing where he's suffering and no justice is being done. We don't see the justice, and that's the really hard part. We don't get the acknowledgement that's that we were wronged. Mm. Anybody else want to respond to Chris? What, what do you do with that? How do you live in, How do you hold that tension? Like, you're trying to forgive somebody who's, like, not... Um, Accepting the forgiveness. Or wanting to be able to accept their, their part into, you know, the actions of that. You know, there, there's plenty of times that we could have made, you know, trespasses against each other. 
and to try to forgive the one, and then there's like not an acceptance to a point, you know? Like one might have found their 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 path to be wrong and see that their natures are wrong. It's, it's some people you, you still have to be able to move on. That's like I didn't want to put it to the Buddhist or the Christian, like you said, your friends let go type thing. But sometimes it's harder for some of us to just let go on that, you know. And, it, and I think forgiveness takes two 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 way street to be able to have a full a full healing, essentially, on that ideal. But what do you do when the other person doesn't, doesn't accept that? Yeah. There is, I think, um, one of the things Mother Teresa said was, if somebody does, if you do this, somebody might do this, but do it anyway. Yeah. And in the end she says, um, it was never about you or them. And I think Forgiveness is something that's about you. Like, you're a prisoner if, if you're unforgiving. I mean, I'm not saying forgiveness is because it's not, and there are situations that take, I think, take a long time to forgive, and I think that it's something that God has to do because I don't think it's something we can do. And I think that finding peace if the other person can accept forgiveness or, you know, reciprocate the forgiveness, it's just about you've made peace with God, and you and God are okay with each other because and you can be okay with that and hopefully at some point the other person will be connected to that as well but and even if they're not you and God have that together and I think that gives you peace or can be peace that's a great thank you very much great answer. Thank you. I really I like the image that Jesus gives of the, um, the yoke of oxen when he says like I'm I'm sharing like you're not alone in carrying your burden I'm carrying it with you I think I think sometimes that's that's all we've got you know we can't let go just let go of some stuff but but God can carry that sorrow and that pain with us
do say let go and let God. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Wonder, I'm having this. Strong 
<laughs> and work on something there. Um, yeah, so that, that anger can be blinding. Mm -hmm. Good case for like a daily prayer practice. And even with that, I think it's so hard to really know ourselves and revealing it to us in doses that we can handle. Anybody else?
Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect tab at circleofhope.net.